Welcome to Fifth Admission. I'm Dominic Fricasso. Santa Clara County officials want to put an end to family homelessness by 2025. In Santa Clara County and across the Bay Area, family homelessness is a quiet crisis, one that often sees parents and children lurching between tenuous, temporary living situations. For Santa Clara County, a place where tech titans cast a long shadow over RV cities and riverside encampments, it'll mean finding housing for some 1,200 homeless families in the next year. The question then becomes, how will they do it? Here to tell us about the county's ambitious plan is Chronicle housing reporter Lauren Hepler. Hi, Lauren. Hi there. Thanks for having me. Of course. So we've heard a lot of promises and a lot of ambitious goals from a lot of Bay Area governments over the years when it comes to homelessness. My first question to you, what, if anything, is leading them to believe that this is going to work where past efforts have fallen short? That is a very good question, and it's one that is front and center in a lot of Bay Area cities and counties right now. And the biggest thing that's changed is really how the pandemic has shaken up the landscape for housing aid programs. I think a lot of people have heard about what's going on with this $5 billion in COVID rent relief that's out there um, for renters and landlords all across the state. But there's a similar thing happening with homelessness right now. Um, There's some other big name programs like Home Key where the state is working on converting uh, some motel and hotel rooms into long-term housing. Uh, But at the local level, you're seeing things like this bubble up, where in Santa Clara County, what they're really using to hopefully make headway on family homelessness is just over a 1,000 emergency housing vouchers. And housing vouchers definitely aren't something new. It's not even a new idea to think about using housing vouchers to combat homelessness. But what's different is that these are special vouchers that come with a additional money um, and they also uh, can be earmarked for specific groups. So in this case, they're saying we really want to target families who we think are high risk. Um, Obviously, there's concerns about stability for kids, keeping them in school. So it's all part of this kind of big, high-level rethinking about how should we be tackling these big issues after the pandemic. So let's let's break this program down just a little bit, or what this, this proposed program would do. What exactly does Santa Clara County have to do in order to make this work? And what do folks see as the biggest impediment standing in the way of that? Yeah, so the the big headline goal is to end family homelessness by 2025. And then it's like, okay, what does that actually mean? So within the next year, what they're hoping to do using those housing vouchers that I just mentioned um, is to house 1,200 families. And that would include an estimated 538 families who are homeless right now in the heart of Silicon Valley, but also around 600 that they expect to become homeless for the first time in the next year. So one important thing, that they'll have to be able to adapt to um, that advocates are talking about now is whether more people end up becoming homeless as the eviction bans after after the pandemic start to expire. So there is some uncertainty in these numbers. But so they'll have to deal with that um, in the coming year or so. But the goal after that is to build capacity in the, the housing system in Santa Clara County so that they've got both short-term options, some experimental things like tiny home villages, um, other types of rapid shelter um, and longer term things like the housing vouchers where you're not just pulling people off the street or out of a car for a few nights, but you're hopefully getting them into a long term place where um, in this case, using a government subsidy, people can pay a sustainable amount and have their own apartment. 
I see. So let's let's zoom out of the picture uh, just a little bit and look at you know the state of family homelessness right now in California. We we talk about family homelessness being something of a hidden problem or or not not as visible as as street homelessness is. Can you talk about what we mean when we say that and and just tell us a little bit about you know the state of the family homelessness crisis that California writ large is facing? Definitely. And the reason that advocates will talk about family homelessness being a hidden problem or a hidden epidemic, as one person I spoke with for this story said, is is because you won't often see kids in encampments for a lot of reasons. And granted, encampments are totally different from place to place. I've been in some that are, um, you know, very orderly and like have a structure to them and some where there are drugs and other concerns like that. Um, but a lot of times parents will go to extremes to string together um, if it's a, like a special motel voucher you can get from the county, just some way to keep their kids off the street. Obviously, that's not always possible. And um, Consuelo Hernandez, who is spearheading this effort in Santa Clara County, told me they think about 80 percent of families in the county um, are living outside of a, a formal shelter. So what that means is that they're often in cars, RVs, other sorts of um, like spaces that aren't really intended for people to be living long term. And I'll just say in terms of the California picture down where I am on the Central Coast, I've talked to school administrators about farm workers and their families living in chicken coops. So it really just becomes a thing where people are trying to like scrape by and get their kids in some sort of safety, even if it's unfortunately not a home. Yeah. So just maybe maybe one way to put it, just because you're not you know, in a tent on the street, you might instead be couch surfing or moving around to, to relatives and friends. I mean, that doesn't mean you're not homeless. It doesn't mean that you're not on the edge in, in some respect. And obviously, adding children into the picture is just it makes it that much more dire, it sounds. Exactly. We're talking about something that is often really, really fluid. And that's something, again, that Consuelo Hernandez and Santa Clara County talked about. She said it's really hard to even get accurate numbers for how many families are homeless because it can change so quickly from week to week. Like you say, maybe it's like, okay, I can stay with a family member on their couch this week, but next week, you know, they've, they've got work or they, that doesn't work anymore. So we've got to go to a domestic violence shelter. Um, it's really in the folks I've talked to, it's just trying to sort of string together, okay, like what's the best option in this moment of crisis? Um, and obviously the concern in the Bay Area where there are so many people that are kind of financially hanging by a thread is that we're talking about a lot of families. Families. This, unfortunately, is not an isolated instance. Well, let's take a quick break right now, but stay with us. We'll come right back to talk more with Chronicle Housing reporter Lauren Hepler. And just as a reminder, fill out our fifth in mission listener survey. We want to know what you like about the show and where we could do better. Fill it out and you'll be entered for a chance to win one of three $100 gift cards. It's at sfchronicle.com slash survey. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And we're back with Chronicle Housing reporter Lauren Hepler. So, Lauren, you spoke to a woman, Maria Castaneda, who's struggled to keep herself and her three kids housed. I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about her story. 
Yeah, so Maria was born and raised in San Jose. She partially grew up in the foster system, but she told me that for a while, when her oldest daughter, who's now 18 years old, was young, things were pretty stable. Um, She had a partner at the time. Income and rent weren't, you know, these big immediate issues. Uh, But breakups happen. It can be hard to find steady work if you don't have a high school diploma or a degree, like in Maria's case. Um, So it was about eight years ago, uh, the first time she said she and her kiddos, which she calls them very lovingly, ended up in a domestic violence shelter. Um, and since then, her family of four has had stints in other shelters in San Jose, nearby cities like Hollister, Salinas, um, and sometimes relied on nightly county hotel vouchers um, to stay off the street. But a lot of times, unfortunately, that meant staying in like very low budget places with issues like roaches, um, or as she also said, places where where people don't usually sleep. Um, So she was concerned about sort of her kids being exposed to that while they were young. Um, And right before the pandemic, Maria and her family uh, were actually renting a bedroom in a house with 10 other roommates. So her family of four was paying $1,000 a month for this bedroom and a shared bathroom. Uh, They all slept on a shared queen mattress, and they weren't allowed access to the kitchen or the backyard, she said. So that was a very tense situation, Um, and they ultimately found themselves with nowhere to go about seven months ago. Wow. And and so... In 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 essence, Maria and her family are are sort of emblematic of the types of people in the in the types of situations that Santa Clara County is trying to reach here. Correct? Exactly. So it's uh, a situation that is changing a lot. You can't really stereotype or generalize about what families um, are going through. Um, but the the key thing that the county is trying to do now is to sort of meet people where they are and figure out a way to get them on a trajectory to stable housing. So how is she doing now? How are Maria and her kiddos doing now? Yeah, so I met Maria and two of her kiddos on a sunny day last week in San Jose. Um, It was in downtown San Jose outside of a county office building, which has been transformed into this kind of experimental 25-unit tiny house village. So they're these little kind of like metal cabins that have bunk beds inside of them. There's a communal kitchen area with some grills outside and some trailers for showers and bathrooms. Um, So it's kind of like what you might see for like, you know, a a glamping type situation, something along those ends. But in Maria's case, she was saying that um, it it was really emotional when they first came in and saw the bunk beds. They saw the clean sheets, the clean pillows, um, because, yeah, it it hasn't always been something that was a guarantee. Um, So the family has been there for about seven months. Months and have been working with different case managers and service providers in San Jose um, to sort of stay on track with that and, and see what their options might be longer term. The good news in Maria's case is that a few weeks ago, she heard that her name was finally called for a long-term housing voucher, which is not an easy thing to get in Santa Clara County. Right now, there are about 48,000 people on the wait list for a housing voucher. Uh, but now that she's got one, that means that uh, in a couple weeks, the plan is for her and her family to move into a two-bedroom apartment in San Jose, where she'll be paying 30% of her income towards rent, and the government will help close the gap. They'll pay the rest. That's the program that's popularly known as Section 8. Um 
And it's something that uh, a lot of people are, are trying to access again in the county. In this case, 3,000 people applied to live at the 71-unit building that she'll be moving into. So there's just some incredible odds uh, and like daunting math that we're talking about here in terms of how many more people um, might might be able to find their way in a, a similar situation. But um, for Maria, what that means is that she started thinking again about like, okay, can I get back on track with getting my GED? And what will it be like if I can live in one place long enough for my kids to make friends that they can kind of hang out with for the long term? So kind of really big personal milestones that she said um, haven't been an option for years. Yeah, m- milestones that you can start to contemplate once your housing situation is is stabilized, right? Exactly. So one last question for you, Lauren. You know, we've talked about some of the if you like the parties involved, right? We've got the families who Santa Clara County officials are trying to get housed and will, you know, spend the next year, you know, dealing out these vouchers as much as possible and reaching people. But there's one sort of entity or one, you know, sort of cast of characters that we haven't touched on yet. And that's, you know, when we talk about housing vouchers, when we talk about the common conceptions around things like Section 8, you know, we have to talk a little bit, I think, about private uh, uh, landlords as well who, you know, get paid a certain amount to participate in these programs and to open up um, housing units for uh, for this particular group of folks. So c- can we talk about how Santa Clara County is is viewing, you know, the the willingness of private landlords to participate in programs like this and, and whether or not that level of willingness, you know, presents a potential barrier here? Yes, that is a huge issue and a great question. It's one uh, that people in Santa Clara County are thinking about a lot on this initiative. And it's one that they've dealt with in the past when they take on these sort of specific programs to house a certain group. So there was a big effort in Santa Clara County a few years ago um, with a similar sort of cast of characters. There's a public-private group involved called Destination Home um, that works a lot on these issues as well. And their focus then was military veterans. So And what they did was they really went out and pounded the pavement and talked to landlords and said, hey, like, look at this incredible opportunity you have to transform someone's life. Um, But in the past, that hasn't always, you know, been a compelling enough offer for landlords who are inundated. You know, if you post a place on Craigslist and you have 100 people calling you and applying, it might be like, "Eh, okay, I don't really want to deal with the government red tape to accept a voucher. But the thing that advocates are hoping will be different right now for this effort on family homelessness and for vouchers more generally is that the pandemic really exposed that um, that the steady paycheck that these vouchers can deliver can be a very valuable thing because we just saw during the pandemic that we racked up billions of dollars in rent debt when there's a kind of disturbance in the rental market. Um, so what these groups are trying to say now is, hey, look, you might have to fill out some additional paperwork up front, but A, you have this really amazing opportunity to change a family's life, allow them to stay in their home and for the kids to get stable. And B, the government is a very reliable tenant. They're going to they're going to pay you every month on time. So this is going to be a huge litmus test really for whether um, what the future of vouchers might look like in the Bay Area. Litmus test indeed. Well, uh, Lauren, thank you so much for your reporting on this and thanks for spending some time with us today. Thank you. Our thanks again to Lauren Hepler for joining us today, to King Kaufman for producing this episode, and thank you for listening. I'm Dominic Fercasa for Fifth Admission. Mission.